0: Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to The Smartest Guy in the Room. And today I want to tell you that you don't need to be smart to be rich. And not everyone who is rich is smart. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm your host, Jerry Dempsey, <laughs> along with my good pal, Matthew Smith. Matt, what's going on?
1: Where did that come from? It's true, uh, by the way. But... I, well, I made it up for our theme today. Yeah. it's very, It's very true. As a matter of fact, the one, the guy that we're going to be talking a lot about today, I read last night said something similar that he was a lot more ambitious than he was and than he isn't in intelligent. We're May I about- interrupt you just yeah. this one time? Did I dumbfound you
0: with my little intro? I think you were but dumbfounded.
1: Did. You threw me for a curve.
0: But I mean, how often in life often like you get a like to pronounce all my letters. How often do you get to be dumbfounded <laughs> in life?
1: Well, it's if legitimate, if, yeah. if if you're me, you're dumbfounded constantly.
0: Is that true? You like to yeah. kick on yourself a lot. Well, and I think I, I'm I'm actually nice, right.
1: very naturally intelligent. I'm I'm. Uh, yeah, I don't believe that. And I'm no, learning no. shit all the time, which I guess is good. Although I often yeah. feel. But you and I, listen to me. I often I don't feel if I agree with that. You're intelligently at a handicap. I sent you an email this week. <laughs> okay. I was writing a story
0: and I was trying to weave in like um, a thought process of how we're conditioned as children to do certain things. And I asked you a question and I and I was like, oh, shit, he thinks I'm busting his balls. And I literally was dumbfounded uh, again. <laughs> I use the word.
1: Was was this the email you sent me I wasn't trying to
0: bust your chops. I was trying to like get your emotional reaction to some of these things that happened to you as, as a young man. You know, so I could weave them into my story in my own way. And you were like, you know, you thought I was Kind of crapping on you or something,
1: yeah? Well, why didn't you pose the email in that very way? Because I'm
0: stupid. I Because I, I was on the cuff thinking, and I was like, hey, Otis will know what I'm talking about. And then when you didn't get it, I was like, oh, shit, he thinks I'm busting his balls. So I had to, like, do a double take and go, hey, buddy, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not cracking on you.
1: Yeah. Tone, as we all know, tone gets lost. <sighs> well, on, if we were talking on the word. phone,
0: it would have went smoother. That's all That's that was my takeaway from that event. Like, if I called you and said, "Hey, tell me the story again, yada yada." How did that make you feel? Like you would have understood that I wasn't trying to crack on you. That I was trying to like actually understand your emotions as a younger man. And but none of that came across in the email. And I was like, "Oh shit, he thinks I'm busting his balls." So I'm like, "Ugh, okay." Why? Why Sorry. are we
1: being cryptic about it? Well, I wasn't being cryptic. I was trying to be... No, I mean, right in the, right now, I mean... Well, I don't know, because I don't want to fucking piss you off again. No, you're not going to piss me off again. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sitting here, minding my own business, waiting for my wife so we could leave the house, as I usually am, because I'm always waiting for her. And you bring up an incident in which I broke my shoulder 37 years ago, and... When you told me why you believe it happened, you know, the reason that you said you were leaning toward was because it was this was during a varsity wrestling match in which I was moved up a weight class and ended up wrestling someone who was, you know, significantly larger than me. Yeah. And you said you thought that the reason it happened was I gave up. No, 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 no. And okay, I mean, I was there. No. I know what happened. It all right.
0: It, all right. So okay, this is actually good. We should go through this. <laughs> In my brain, I was doing something, and I was thinking about how we as children are indoctrinated into whatever our parents tell us to do. And I thought I was, I was trying to relate a story, a different story that again I'm not going to go through the details of it. But I was like, why would Matt Smith wrestle some guy who's much bigger than him? Knowing he was probably going to lose. You know, like you could size that kid up. You probably you're on the mat. I, I put myself in your shoes. I'm like, I'm looking at this guy who's much bigger than me, you know, and I've had to fight like bigger people. My brother, Paul is much bigger than me. And, you know, Right, He always will be until he's dead. But like, you know, like, I w- I'm telling you, I would have put myself in your shoes and go, I'm not wrestling that dude. And I would have chickened out. And I would have said, no, thanks. I'm not doing it. And then the whole team would have been like, oh, you're a fucking pussy. And the coach would have been like, come on, Matt. Go. So, so I had that whole narrative in my head. Right. And like, how did you follow through in that? Like, I was actually commending you. But all at the same time, I'm like. Is this what we condition people to do? Like take on someone who's much larger than you? Like there was a whole thing going on in my head, and it none of that translated in the to your point.
1: Yeah, after we had the flare, I, feel, I felt bad after, about it. After we had the flare up, and you replied, then I started thinking, okay, J- Jerry is Jerry is is a, is a much more philosophical than I am. I could see you going through. Uh, a thought process exercise, as you described. Like, I know all this about you. So if you had just said that, I would have been like, oh, yeah, but, like, it didn't come across that way. Yeah. I also know the other Jerry who likes to poke and... Well, yeah, but I've been getting away from that kid, and I don't like him anymore, Uh, to your point. so, So, you
0: know. Well, here... And and it dovetails into another quick story. So, like, I took my son to karate on Friday, okay? And because of COVID and whatnot, we have not been able to watch them for two years. Like, because they, the parents can't come inside. They just, all these other things. So, I haven't really watched him do his thing in a while. So, I drop him off. And then I I go walk around the neighborhood, and then I come back. It's like 10 minutes till the class is over, and they're out in the parking lot, the whole karate school, and they're doing their stuff. And I'm watching him. He's got the bow staff, and he's kicking and doing these tornado flips. And I'm like, holy crap. My kid is good. Like, he's doing all this stuff. And I was going to whip out the phone and start videotaping him. But I'm like, eh. He'll get mad at me if I do that. And what, what was funny, at least to me, was like he saw me from a distance as I was like walking up to them, and he felt like, like, oh, I don't like when you watch me do karate. And I'm like, Quinn, I haven't watched you in like two years. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but I just it gets in my head. And I'm like, well, I won't do it again. I go, but it, it, but then at the same time, I, I wanted to tell him, I'm like, I was amazed by your skills. <laughs> at the same time, it was like, it, it's almost like me and you and the, what we just went through. I was like, no, I'm actually impressed by you. At the same time, don't get, you know, you think I'm busting your balls. And I was like, well, how do I get out of that? How do I get out of that box once I put myself in it? And, I, and I'll say, I put, especially as it relates to you, I put myself in that box because I've busted your chops a, a ton. I understand. that. So how do I get out of that box in Matt, in Matt Smith's worldview
1: with your son?
0: Well, that's why I put both stories there. <laughs> I just posed them.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got bad news to you. You got to wait till your son is 21. Cause I went through the same thing with my son and, uh, I know exactly where you're coming from and you're, you're just so proud and you know, you want to take photos and you, you want to share it. And, and you know, especially because of the age that your son is. What is he, thirteen or fourteen now? Yeah,
0: he's about to be fourteen.
1: Yeah, I mean, t- tough age, man. Especially with boys. Uh, my son flipped out if I put anything about him on any type of social media. Your kid's he, pretty awesome. I mean, he did uh, not want me. He did yeah. not. He did not want me to uh, comment on anything that he did. So I know exactly the position you're in, and uh, it's tough. Yeah. I would love to see your son do that stuff because I've seen kids his age, a little bit younger, you know, do some of these exactly what you're talking about these kicks and these, you know, aerial. Yeah. Uh, you know, exercise tornado
0: kick with the bow staff, and I was like. Holy crap. Like he looked like a Bruce Lee kind of character to me.
1: Yeah, the amount of agility and concentration and uh, you know just ability and athletic, you know, performance and it was just it's it's astounding to me when I see those kids do those martial arts moves. Yeah. I would love to see him do it.
0: Well, if he'll let me again, I Secretly I try to I see the world now through my children's eyes and that's probably the smartest thing I can do as I relate to them. You know what I mean? Cause like I can tell them, Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. That's stupid. You know? And I could, I could just kind of write the check and rub my neck. And, um, but to me, the reality is you have to see the world through their eyes. If you're right. going to be a good parent, because like seeing it through years, like you have so much more experience than these kids do just by living, you know, not everyone, you don't really, I'm going to say this to you and you're going to laugh, but I mean, not everyone gets to be 54, even though you don't think it's like that much of a gift, do you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, you're absolutely right. Cause I was thinking of that yesterday and, uh, you know. There's, I was reading a couple of things on LinkedIn and I don't, I don't know why people do this, but there were some people on LinkedIn. I read like three different posts just in one scroll and it was these guys who I, I bet were in their sixties and they were announcing the deaths of their kids. Mm. You know, one was 32, one was much younger and another one was, I think in their late twenties. And they all died from one guy died from COVID pneumonia. Uh, someone else died from brain cancer. And I was, you know, I was, I don't know these people, but like, it really touched me. And I was thinking, you know, God, you know, it's just, you never know. And it's, it's, and I was thinking like, I'm 54. This one dude who died of like, covid pneumonia was 32 in great shape by the way didn't look like he had any right you know pre-existing conditions and i'm just thinking like it's just awful i i know a friend of mine uh, i used to work out with her and her husband at this gym in albany and uh, i when i was going through my head brain stuff this woman's a physi uh, physician's assistant she got me in to see a number of uh, doctors, and her husband, who was thirty-five, was a physician's assistant, and he got murdered three weeks ago. And I'm randomly, just like, can I just—I mean, it was like, weird. Her this woman's ex-boyfriend was stalking her, and cross state lines, and she did not know, and her husband did not know they were being stalked, and. Guy waited for her to go to work. Would you even know if you were minutes. getting stalked? I don't. Well, like, some, sometimes, someone, I mean, I mean sometimes stalkers will send emails, and you know, I but guess. Would you even know if someone was stalking
0: you? <laughs> but,
1: uh, yeah, so I mean, I stalk, yeah, I stalk but, you. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, but this dude that I knew was 35, and I'm like, this just, that's a raw deal, man. So yeah, I don't feel like being 54 is a privilege until. I realize that it is, you know? Well,
0: my doctor, I have a bunch of doctors. (laughs) And um, my main doctor is a lady. And she's so funny. She had um, double mastectomy. Yeah. And, you know, we've, like, you know, we'll go through stuff. And uh, she'll look at me. She did this last time. She's like, oh, yeah, I forget that you're you're my age because we're like the same age. Right. She's, like, she's like, but you looked older a few years ago. Like, are you getting younger? <laughs> and I'm like, don't even start. <laughs> and I started laughing. I'm like, yes, I'm like Mork or Orson or one of them. Like, I didn't even go there with her. I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, taking better care of myself and just whatever. But she's like, yeah, but I'm getting older. And I'm like, you, she's actually a very nice looking person. And, you know, we'll, I'll put it this way. We have really good conversations. And at the same time, we're both just getting older. Because I've been going to that doctor for like 12 years. So I've yeah. been seeing her for 12 years. And she, remember my leg when I had the, um, remember when I had the uh, poison ivy? My yeah. leg, do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. She, I had to go in on an emergency call and she didn't get to see it. So I just showed her the picture of my leg from my phone the other day. She's like, holy shit. She's like, you know, you were probably like a couple days away from getting your leg amputated. Do you know that? And I'm like, "Uh, I kind of had a scary feeling that it was going in that direction. But she's like, yeah. I don't know. Do you remember that? I, I remember you comment. I put that on Instagram when my leg was all fucked up. This was like right in the beginning of COVID. And I was yeah. like, oh, people get are getting COVID. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting, uh, I'm getting poison ivy. Look at my leg. My leg was fucked up.
1: Yeah, you were getting it by doing your daily. Henry I went out the and just, walked like,
0: chopped a bunch of weeds and just like cleaned, cleaned the, my backyard up. Because I have like a wooded area in the back of my yard and I like to leave it semi-natural. But I wanted to plant some stuff too. Anyway, yeah. No good deed goes unpunished, Matthew.
1: That is true. That's how it the goes. The road to hell is paying hey, attention.
0: You know, I always struggled with that one. But then, as I got older, I can see it more clearly now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, people do good things not knowing, like, the incidental consequences or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, if I... Remember the... My dad used to sing this song to us. Um, usually, when he was sitting at the kitchen table drinking copious amounts of beer, but he would like uh, the the lady that swallowed the fly. Do you remember that song? Yeah. Do you ever hear that one? Yeah. I don't know why she swallowed the fly.
1: Yeah, I used to get there was a book in the library that did that whole thing page by page, and I used to get it out all the time. <laughs> why is that? Because <laughs> you couldn't remember it <laughs> <laughs> when I was in when I was in elementary school. I just liked the whole. The whole song, the whole, you know, the all the, uh, every line. and The book was illustrated very coolly. And then, so,
0: yeah, but then she swallowed the horse. She yeah. died, of
1: course. Of course. <laughs> <like that>
0: part.
1: <laughs> I kind of did. how many
0: people don't even know what we're talking about right now? Who
1: the hell would swallow a horse? Especially if you're an old lady.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was in a meeting one time, and this guy, this one... You know, there's always like the one guy in the meeting that just like keeps talking. And sometimes I'm I've been that guy, but I wasn't in this particular meeting. And this guy just kept talking and talking, talking. And the one of the other guys who's a real smart ass, funny dude, he goes, Hey, you know how you eat an elephant? <laughs> and all of a sudden, like me and my buddy look at him like, Oh shit, what's he gonna say? say? goes, you know, one point at a time, asshole. <laughs> We, like, the whole room just started cracking up. And the guy telling the dumb story even got it. He was like, yeah, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting long in the tooth. Yeah, you know, but it was fun. So, whatever. Sometimes you got to let people bust your balls. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. As I thought to bring this back home, you were doing to me yesterday. I truly wasn't, <laughs> though. And I didn't like, I was like, I've been
0: not... Again, I'm practicing not doing that to people. It gets done to me a lot. And then people will say, especially my family, there like you of origin. Yeah. Like, well, you're, you're a ball buster. I'm like, so you're getting me back for something I said to you five years ago. I'll never overcome that.
1: <laughs> it, you know, you were, seriously. You were, you were pretty prolific, though, back in the day.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, what are but you going to do? you but I think that conditions people to think that's where you're always coming from,
0: well, I know, but then how do you get out of that?
1: yeah, I mean that's that's true. I mean, so it's gonna that falls on me then to give you the well-deserved benefit of
0: the doubt. but so. I mean, as far as you and I are concerned, like I have no interest in busting your chops anymore. You know and i'm saying that like legitimately like i i used to do it because i thought it was like fun spirited like you can bust my balls i'll bust yours
1: we need couples therapy
0: <laughs> i mean yeah but then we got to pay some third party and then get them up to speed on what's going on and that's a whole thing too right didn't you do that when because i went to couples therapy
1: oh uh, my wife and like we anymore. spent half
0: the time catching her up on like all right this is how we interact interact with each other etc etc yeah i don't know like i actually what's interesting i listened to um my wife um some of her business dealings and the one she's working on this one thing she and you might have this too um she wants to she's like a caretaker right but almost to a fault where she's always trying to take care of other people's needs. So there's two, you know, two things. There's like, well, will take care of yourself. Cause you know, you're, you're, you're taking care of other people and and not necessarily thinking about your own selfish needs. But then there's like, maybe they don't need what you think you are supplying.
1: You know, it's like supply a line demand. Like a lot of women who I know who have that trait, they don't see it as being a caretaker. They see it as them being problem solvers. And again, it comes from looking at life through their eyes. Problem creators. Yeah. You know, they think that they're solving problems and they, they think that that's the strength that they have. They're problem solvers. So I dealt with someone like that. And when they, when I said, you can't take care of everybody. And they said, well, you know, I solve problems. That's what I do. It made me realize, like, this is what they, you know, through their eyes, this is what they think they're they're doing. They're, you know, so yeah. But I mean, it's not just women because I know
0: plenty of guys that do the same kind of stuff. And to my own, like, if I have to be introspective, yeah, I probably I suffer from that too. I, I, in other words. I always want to have a good time. Like, whatever is going on in life, I'm like, I'll make a good time out of this. <laughs> yeah. With jokes or laughter or just stupidity. Like, it just depends. I can cherry pick from the above. You yeah. know, but sometimes, like like you, you know, sometimes, like you, to me, are more pragmatic than I am. At least on the surface. And I'm actually, under the surface, I'm actually quite pragmatic, and I get a lot of shit done, right? But at the end of the day, I want to, like, get on the phone with you and crack jokes and make fun of life, because life is so stupid sometimes to me. And sometimes, I don't, you know, again, it's not you, but it's like, this is me, Jerry versus, you know, it's like Buffalo versus everyone. (laughs) Jerry yeah. versus everyone. This is how I just look at the world. I'm like, now we can have fun. Like I went out, I, I, I tried to go for a walk the other day. And this is why I don't walk in my neighborhood. Because I'm the HOA president. And un- every, you know, one of my neighbors will see me and then they'll, hey, and then they'll tell me about some problem. And I'm like, I don't want to hear your problems. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to go for a walk. I have my headphones on. You know, this is a clue that I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and I mean, they're nice people. And, you know, and sometimes what they have to talk about is legit most of the time. I don't know. But I mean, I don't want to fucking listen to them. I don't Damn. even get paid for the stupid job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So anyway. That sounds worse than being a school board member, honestly.
0: <laughs> I can't even imagine what that's like.
1: We should have a show on HOAs one day, uh, because I don't understand them. My brother's in one too, and and every time I go visit him in Maryland, it just seems very HOA-ish, and it that whole lifestyle would ours isn't bad. Drive me nuts.
0: Yeah, but what's funny is my buddy down the street, who I've been on the HOA before, and he he was on it, and he, he comes by my house. He's like dude, you got to come back on the HOA. He's like, I need you. So I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And that was his sales pitch. (laughs) And I bought. (laughs) But, like, you know, he's super cool. So I'm just like, let's just be cool with our HOA and the rules. And ours is not bad comparatively because, like, I know other people that are on HOAs in different neighborhoods. And some of the stuff I hear is just out of control probably to like what you're talking about maybe with your brother and whatnot. but, um, ours isn't bad. and we, we don't really, we don't bust anyone's chops. Like one of my neighbors had a RV parked in their driveway for a couple of days. I got an email from one of the neighbors, like, Hey, you got to tell them to get their RV out of there. And I went and looked at the covenants I'm like, you know, it's gotta be there for like a month before I bust their balls. And it's, I didn't say anything to them and it's already gone. So it was like literally there for like four days. I don't even know because I don't walk by their house every day to check. Yeah, but I'm like, hmm. so I was just like, the less I do, the more I get done. <laughs>
1: what's the what's the uh, what's the concept behind HOAs? Like, I don't get it. It seems like an invitation. The concept for everyone to be in each other's business. I
0: mean. From what I understand,
1: the concept
0: is you have a house, you have a community, and you want to keep it to a certain level, right? Especially, again, I don't know if this goes on in upstate New York, but there's a lot of like um, double trailer kind of stuff here. So if I buy an acre of land somewhere in the country, I could put up whatever I want Like, literally, I had land. I just sold it, by the way. I don't know if I told you that. Uh, I could have done anything with that land. It's 25 acres. And that's actually quite a bit of land. Um, But I could have put up a McDonald's. I could have put a gas station there. I could put anything I wanted there. And they would have let me. And there's ways around it. But then the people that live, you know, in the community around that piece of property are like, we don't have a say in what this asshole does. You could put a Walmart there. You get the point? Right. So, so, like, in our neighborhood, there's just... And typically, it's boilerplate. Like, you know, one lawyer drew up a bunch of HOA rules, and then everyone just, like, uses it, right? So it's not... It's not that big of a deal, but there are just certain rules. Like, you can't hang a fucking V8 engine from the tree in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Well, people will do that here.
1: Yeah. But I, I've seen your house before and your, your house is very, very, very nice. And I imagine your neighborhood, you have very similar, nice homes. It's, you're not living in Appalachia. So do no, you, would in you have neighbors and your? neighborhood um, when you own a house like you do
0: yeah but check it out hanging a b8 engine listen to me you don't know what people will do and i've seen that firsthand i mean i'll put it this way when the housing do you remember in 2008 when the housing market collapsed yeah remember that right? so i bought my house right before that i was the only person in this neighborhood for like a year like me and my wife and my newborn kid were the only people that lived here then a couple of the houses started selling the builders came back started building houses the long story short is i could have bought the lot next door to me for about 30 grand for one acre okay and i could have just left it just so i wouldn't have a next door neighbor and i was i told my wife i'm like we should buy that 30 grand she's like no yeah we need to put our money in the stock market and it, again, not my wife's fault. She's just being pragmatic herself. But I mean, when it ended up selling, it sold for about 120 grand, just a piece of land. Went from 30 to 120. And the people that live there are fine. They're very nice people. Nothing wrong with them. But the point I'm making is, like, you, you, like, I could have bought that and put an engine in one of the trees. Like, I could do whatever I wanted. We didn't even have an HOA back then.
1: Was it a planned neighborhood or a planned development? Yeah,
0: but the developer went out of business. Oh, that was okay. the problem. So we had to actually make our own HOA. So do
1: you have, do you have a vote, do you have like a code enforcement officer or, do you, or, is it, or the HOA? No,
0: we just have me, vice president, and then like a other guy. We call him, I forget his title.
1: But we're all volunteers, H- huh? HOAs seem more prevalent in the south than they do up north, and that that's why true. I think they're such a uh, foreign concept to me. And now we have village code officers in where we live, and we bought we bought a corner lot, right? And, and you know, it's right. Yeah, you have a really nice street. house, by the way. It's across the street. Thank you. It's right. It's across the street from the high school, and my neighborhood is very busy with families and kids and people walking their dogs and riding their bikes. And for eight hours a day, there's a constant stream of kids from the high school. Right. Walking by my house. And it's a nice feel. I like if the neighborhood feels very alive. But when we bought the house, it's a corner lot and we have no fence. And I have a dog that's absolutely crazy. And she freaks out, especially when she sees bikes because she doesn't get the idea of wheels. But, you know, she's She looks very intimidating and, you know, so we thought, oh, well, this isn't a problem. We'll put up a fence. But we get into the house and then we realize we were told we can't put up a fence because the corner lot and our driveway faces the school and it would cause an obstruction when we pull our cars out. Right. So my wife has been at the at war with the village code officer and on Friday, as a matter of fact, and I think the village code officer is the father of one of our classmates uh, at St. Francis, Tom Boncourt, if you remember him? Mm, I don't. Uh, but my wife, so my wife's Sounds been like dealing with this me. guy. <laughs> my wife's been dealing with this guy, and she got so she marched into Village Hall the other day, and they got in a brawl. My wife is very feisty, and oh, yeah, she's unrelenting. Yeah, but no offense, <laughs> if people listening to this conversation.
0: You know, to say your wife is feisty, like she's had to put up with you for, you've been married what, 30 years almost? 25? Yeah, yeah. okay.
1: Never mind. Well, my wife is very. I just want crazy. to make sure
0: the, for the record that was said. She's also
1: very small, too. So she has that short man's disease where she doesn't want to be, uh, you know, taken for. She doesn't want people to write her off. But, you know, she. So. <laughs> So she got lippy with the guy, finally, because the guy's been giving her a run around on the fence. Because all these other corner lots in our neighborhood have fences. But apparently, we were told the other day that, well, the reason they have fences is because their driveways don't face the one street that could cause a problem like ours does. So my wife got really lippy, and the guy is like, oh, you're going to play it that way. Well, you just see if you ever get a permit from me. And uh, she's, Yeah, see? So he's Never like, vindictive. So he goes, go and see the the village attorney because I'm done dealing with you. And uh, my wife was like, "Oh, I will, I will." So she went down there right away. And uh, as she was leaving, she goes, "Oh, by the way, people, buddy." Yeah.
0: We listen. I'm I'm not going to waste our call time on this, but yeah, I've been through vicariously mostly. I don't know if that's good or bad. But there's a farmer next door that has like. I don't know, let's just say 10, 20 acres. Right. And he's dead, but when he was still alive, I used to talk to him once in a while, and uh, he would tell me, like, his truck, one of his trucks got fucked up because the county came in and did something to, like, the from the main road to his, one of his, like, he had different areas where he had like a barn over here and something over there and yada yada anyway they fucked up one of his entrees to his barn and he didn't you know he drove the truck in there and the truck and he had a hitch and the fucking it all came apart and you know it cost him about like 10 grand to fix whatever got broken and the changes they had made to like the grade they were like yeah that's your problem not our problem they fucked it up where he when he pulled off the road it was like a huge bump and so he had to go buy a bunch of rocks and whatever to kind of smooth it out and gravel to smooth out the entree into his on you know what I mean I don't even know if I'm explaining this no you are but I mean he's telling me his whole story and he's like my fucking truck goes was, was broken my hitch was broken I had to pay all this money the county took myself and they were the ones that made the changes and they did it on a day he didn't know they were doing it so he didn't even have time like he was driving into his land and they had changed the grade and he fucking hit it and all the, like his the hitch came off and whatever he was pulling behind it came off and
1: like he was you know i don't know i not, with him. it seems like it seems like in a place like North Carolina or a lot of these states down south where they try to limit the size of government, they they have things like HOAs where they just let the residents hash it out for themselves. And up north where there's more government, we have village code officers or code enforcement officers. But it all sounds like the same thing. Just people getting Well, shit. <laughs>
0: there, again, there's pros and cons. Depends on what side of the fence you're on. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. side are, are you... Um, I don't know if I've asked you this, but there was a while I got into Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. Do you ever, you ever listen to them? Oh, yeah. I listen to them a lot. I've seen them in concert. So have I. So, so I don't even know why because I said which side are you on? No, but like um when I lived in California, they came, they played at a bar in Santa Cruz. And this is like one of those events out of life that you just will always remember. But My brother Joe and I went down to Santa Cruz. I lived in Los Gatos, so it's only like a 30-minute drive. But Santa Cruz is like one of those places. It's just like beach town, like surfer dudes and all that stuff, yeah?
1: Yeah, I got a good friend that lives there. So, is he a surfer? She's not, but she. it looks like a, everything you described.
0: Oh, yeah. Anyway, we saw a Dropkick Murphys at this bar called The Catalyst, and I had to be, like, 32. I don't know how old I was. But it was the first time I ever stage dove. And we were so drunk. I Like, we were slam dancing with all these kids. And I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. But then my brother's like, come on, let's get up on stage. I'm like, no. He's like, no, everyone's getting on stage. And we got up on stage. And I just, like, got up on stage and just dove into the crowd. And they caught me. And I didn't think they would. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna be the guy that like fell and just like slammed on the ground. <laughs> but it was so much fun, and we met so many people there. Like the, it was just like one of the greatest times of my life.
1: It's anyway. so funny that you bring that story up because I was the same age, and I was at a uh, Dropkick Murphy show. Same age, thirty-two, and they were touring with the Muddy Muddy Boss Tones and a band called. Uh, Bin Scala Bin, and I was also I was in a mosh pit, 32 years old, and it hit me that I was too old for this shit because yeah. everybody around me was 19,
0: yeah. and I
1: ended up writing an essay called "The Mosh Pit Is No Place for My Kid's Dad." I've read that story. That's a good story. And it's on 1120press.com, yeah. in the Voices link. Uh, down, down, scroll down. Good story. It's one of my guys. favorite pieces I ever wrote because yeah. I had that revelation. That very revelation at Dropkick Murphy's show. They're such a fun band. You know, they're really Irish. They're from Boston. They sing a lot about they're drinking and, and a lot about unionism, things I enjoy. And it's, they're a fun band. They're a great band, working class band.
0: Yeah, they're good. They are good. I'm glad we, uh, it's funny. Like a lot of the, I think people, people that you and I talk to that listen to the show, at least I've gotten some feedback like, we do almost no prep for this. And I, I have gotten <laughs> this from a bunch of people is. I know. They're like, you guys are really, like, work well together. You have a lot of chemistry. And, I'm like, yeah, we don't really even rehearse. We don't do anything. We just, like, you know, I I, I wrote, we didn't even cover our topic today, which is Elon Musk.
1: That's uh, fine with Elon. me. Huh? It's fine with me. This, you know. Hey. You know where the take us you, not right? covering the topic has a lot to do with us not preparing. We just get, into but I top- mean,
0: I have a whole page of notes that I actually wanted to talk about, but we can do it next time, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. That's the, that's the beauty of time. If you don't do it now, you can do it later, <laughs> and that's why being lazy is good because you think about the things you should be doing, and then eventually you might do them.
1: <laughs> well. You know, we learned a lot, this conversation, dealing this was with, good. really, I don't know what we talked about, maybe dealing with uh, other people, emotions. Or something.
0: I think dealing that's with, what we well, spent the most time about.
1: I don't know. I think we were uh, talking about dealing with other people, whether it was through email with me and you or your son or our kids or. HOAs and village code enforcement officers who knows what we talked about but
0: well one thing before we kick get out of this you know you just did it you did that like like you did the big breath does that make you feel good when you do that
1: yes you, look, you just good. did it huh <laughs> I, I did it for another reason my son texted me looking for money <laughs> it was a a large sigh he wants me to contribute to his girlfriend's master's graduation gift never ends probably should have told me that (laughs) (laughs) i uh i guess yeah i guess uh, it made me feel better to sigh (laughs) just
0: you know what oxygen even though it's like um I was trying to tell this to my son. All right, this is so stupid, but I'm going to do it anyway. So my son and I have gone uh, snuba diving, and I, I got certified for scuba, so I've done it a bunch of times.
1: Have you ever done scuba diving? No, that's impressive that you got certified. A good friend of mine uh, got really injured scuba diving, and it kind of warded me off. It kind of... Doused my interest after that. How, they,
0: how did how did they get injured? If you don't mind me asking,
1: uh, I guess it had something to do with the pressure. And his yeah. ear his eardrum popped, and yep. he came up, and both of his eyes were black for several weeks. I mean, we it was go. he was messed up. Yeah. Then I hear stories about the bends, and you know, I I don't know. Well, it's
0: called nitrogen narcosis, but yeah, well, or the bends, like depending on what the person has got, but, um, so I went to Hawaii a couple of years ago and my son was too young to actually scuba dive. So we did this, they have a modified thing called snuba, which is snorkeling and scuba, you know, bridge together. Yeah. And, um, but like you, they put the tanks in like, um, a raft on the surface of the water. And then the hose is like 20 foot long. So you can actually go down and you just have the breathing apparatus in your mouth. And we went down and we're looking at coral. We saw all this stuff. We saw some sharks, we saw turtles. I mean, it, there was just like a plethora of sea life that we just like hung out and, wa- and he brings it up all the time. He's like, dad, that was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. And I'm like, we could go do it again. And um, so I'm going to probably this summer. Um, I'll get recertified, but I'll take the class with him. You know what I mean? That way we do the class together, even though I've already been certified because you forget all the shit. And to your point,
1: can you teach yeah, it if you're certified?
0: No, to to teach it, you got to like be one of those dive shop people like that, you know, the, and that's a whole nother genre of people like I dive, I haven't done it in like 10 years, but I've. Did it when I lived in California. I actually um, got certified in Lake Tahoe in November. It was fucking cold as shit. (laughs) I can tell you a couple stories about that, but uh, it's just it's a lot of fun. And you're floating. Like you got to regulate your breathing, and you got that tank on your back, and it's filled. The whole point, even why I brought this up, up, is it's filled with air, not Oxygen and people think like, oh, it's an oxygen tank. And it's like, no, if it was oxygen, you would get fucked up if that's all you were breathing. Like, and like 90% of the atmosphere is nitrogen that we're breathing in and out. And I tried to explain that to my kids the other day, and they're both looking at me like I was a stupid moron, <laughs> probably the way you're looking at me right now.
1: Well, I'm just like, amazed that this whole story was born of a sigh. <laughs>
0: Well, because you were breathing. You needed air.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely amazing.
0: It made you feel better.
1: (laughs) Well, all right, man. I think we should probably tie a a ribbon on this thing.
0: 45 minutes. We're good. Free (laughs) range.
1: Good talks, as usual. Have a great week. See you, buddy.